The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. And this is KCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. I am Tani Tinuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and coming up in just a few moments, an elvish and hobbitish perspective on life, on what would Arwen do? KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. Enchanting and award-winning music from the soundtrack of The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and music from Howard Shore. How absolutely delightful every time I hear it. It takes me back to Middle Earth. And in case you are just tuning in, this is KUCI in Irvine, broadcasting from the University of California at Irvine. I am Tani Tinuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, so my govanin, and so laid to all my elf friends. And in case you are wondering what this show is all about, well, this is the show where I ask, we ask, if a Middle Earth Elf lived today in Orange County, California, what might her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? Which is a very good question. I like to ask, what would Arwen do? And in case you don't know, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing lore and wisdom, perhaps not unlike unlike the community here at UC Irvine. I believe that Arwen was also a beloved daughter of the universe and archetypal for the women, um, all things noble and beautiful about women. And in uh, there's a book, Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, that uh, was written by Colin Durias, and he wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves 
like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. So I believe that this, quote, elven quality exists today in every living person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service. And I am very excited. I have been on my little adventure, grand adventure actually is what I call it, my grand adventure of my life as an elf for officially... um, Eight years now, it was March 22nd or 23rd. We elves don't, aren't, aren't pre- too preoccupied with exact dates. <laughs> but just several days before my birthday, eight years ago in uh, 2002, that I discovered the movies and Middle Earth and J.R.R. Tolkien, and my life was changed and transformed on so many levels. Were it not for my interest in Middle Earth and all things elvish, I'm quite assuredly would not have a program here on KUCI and have had the wonderful opportunity to meet so many people who have uh, influenced and inspired me in so many ways through my work here at KUCI. So, <clears throat> and tomorrow is my birthday, so it's a, it's a day of celebration. And elves love gifts. They love giving gifts. They love getting gifts. Already this morning, I've had several gifts from the universe. First of all, waking to the sound of many birds singing outside my window, singing me all beautiful songs, saying, Happy Birthday, Elf Princess. And then I had uh, a text from uh, someone telling me that I had... uh, the early morning off tomorrow, I thought I was going to have to be somewhere. And they said, oh, no, you don't have to come in. Enjoy your birthday morning off. So I've already had many gifts this morning to celebrate. And we'll be talking a little bit more about that a little bit later. I'm also very excited because I now have a co-host. And I want to say good morning to Milo Lomsdown. Good morning, Tanya. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's the day before your birthday, and it's so lovely. And, you know... uh uh, hobbits uh, love giving gifts many times on their birthday and for other things. And I thought, because I know how much you love tea, natural beverage of oh, the earth. Oh, yeah. And we are so blessed here to have a wonderful coffee shop cafe, Pete's Coffee and Tea. Uh-huh. Pete's Coffee and Tea. Because tea <laughs> is really a soothing thing. Coffee is an exciting thing. Tea is a soothing thing. I know how much you like tea. And so... Uh, if you'll allow me, uh, just a small token of my great esteem, uh, a little oh. gift card from Pete's Coffee and Tea. Oh, this is wonderful. Well, we elves certainly love our beverages. Thank you very much. See, it's like you just show up for life and gifts show up everywhere. And I, I, this, is, this is very wonderful because um, we elves not only like tea, but every once in a while, maybe a little coffee, and we love Miravore, any kind of sparkling beverages we love. And uh, Pete's Coffee just has such wonderful, wonderful things, as well as little delicacies to go along with your drink. So uh, thank you very much. It's very interesting because, uh, and we will be talking about the concept of gift giving, but I have a little gift for you this morning. Oh, my too. gosh. <laughs> Just because I I think that hobbits like uh, some delicacies. So it's a bit of the chocolate lover's chocolate. Uh, 
Um, however, you have to open the package because there's a little something else tucked in there. Oh my gosh, this for is my a Hobbit lovely <laughs> chocolate bar with a beautiful red ribbon surrounding it. I've now removed the beautiful red ribbon, and I'm now opening up, and inside there is a surprise. There is As I kind of like Cracker Jacks. <laughs> there is two lovely pieces of chocolate, and then a little happy birthday uh, letter or something, and it says, happy birthday, happy birthday, and of course we're talking about Tani's birthday. Look at the other and, side first. Oh my God. Oh so, my so there's the, gosh. There's, our, there's the guys. It's a photograph, a group photograph of the cast of Lord of the Rings trilogy, it's the Hobbits. So it's the it's, Hobbits. it's from the it's from uh, when they first came out. They had all these little movie cards and trading yes. card games. So and then oh uh, in some of gosh. the packets, every once in a while, in thousands and thousands of packets, there would be one special one that would be a card signed by one oh of the cast. Gosh! And here we have Everard Proudfoot, the character Everard Proudfoot. Uh, who is sort of a grumpy-looking guy, and I look grumpy. Inside my heart is joyous, <laughs> but I sort of look grumpy a little bit and played wonderfully by Noel Appleby, as we all know. But my friends in Radioland, it is signed personally yes, by Noel Appleby. It oh is. Oh, my gosh. I just wonderful birthday present I have two signed cards, and I just thought you needed to have that one. And I oh thought that it gosh. was very appropriate that it was uh, Everard Pr- uh, Proudfoot because... He has, as you mentioned, he looks kind of grumpy, but it's actually one of my favorite, favorite scenes in the movie. Um, I'm not sure if it's in the uh, extended version because I love the, actually the beginning part in the original one uh, better than the extended. But it's that part where Gandalf comes through and and the all the townspeople are kind of looking at him and kind of scowling and um, and so and. The kids go running after Gandalf, and he sets off the fireworks, and they all jump up and down. And so Everhard starts laughing with the kids, and his wife looks over him, and she's got a scowl. And he immediately changes his face into scowling. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes from this laughing, joyous, jovial face to this scowl, because he doesn't want his wife to think that he thinks that these things are fun and funny. So, And, And in fact, it's important to enjoy the blessings, the random gifts, when we see something very happy and joyous, the singing of the birds in the morning, the beautiful green grass springing up, and in the springtime here in the Shire. Yes. The Shire where I live, beautiful flowers. What a gift. Thank you so much for giving me gifts on your birthday. Well, it's called Happy Birthday to Me. (laughs) Happy Birthday to You. And I actually think that people should celebrate their birthdays for, it shouldn't just be Happy Birthday, it's Happy Birthday Month. So, because uh, human beings, elves, hobbits, dwarves, uh, wizards are all way too magnificent a creation to celebrate just one day out of the year. It, you must celebrate the entire month. And um, I actually started a little experiment uh, last uh, this month of a month of gift giving. <laughs> so anyway, we can talk about that a little bit more later. We're going to be talking about the about birthdays and such wonderful things. But in the meantime, uh, I think we should have a little. We we need to cover a little business. Let's cover and, business. Um, um, hobbits love business. Yes, hobbits love business. And I do want to say, just having mentioned that uh, part from the movie, um, that you know where where um, 
um, Everhard Proudfoot, you know, looks at his and his wife scowling. It's not that uh, hobbits are generally scowling uh, creatures because they're not. They're very fun and very joyous and always into having fun, making fun of almost any situation as we do see with especially Merry and Pippin in uh, in the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, but it was it was Gandalf who you know <laughs> who who evoked some you know they weren't quite sure about Gandalf and strange things tend to happen when he would show up. So. <laughs> and I must say, as a hobbit, I don't necessarily like strange things. I like things to be normal, going in their normal course, same day, day in and day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. I like a nice, <laughs> even keel. And Gandalf is the kind of wizard that will upset the apple cart. Well, and of course he did, because uh, poor Bilbo, you know, got quite a, co- uh, a reputation for... Um, because. It, in in Hobbitland, um, being an adventure seeker was not considered to be a, an, an admirable characteristic. Very strange, <clears throat> very queer, very weird. <laughs> but uh, both Bilbo and Frodo like to kind of, you know, uh, get out of the box, as one might say, for um, for a Hobbit. So, and we're also, and we are very glad that they did, because who knows what might have happened had not. Bilbo originally found the ring and kept it uh, put away for so long. And then Frodo, not only keeping the ring for 60 years before Gandalf comes back and tells him he must, uh, he must do something, and he agrees to and take up, takes up, ends up taking up the quest for the unmaking. And by his heroic, and he and Sam especially, um, Middle-earth entered into not a time of great darkness and oppression, but into the the fourth age, which is a, a, an age of freedom. Yes, and so and Gandalf, willing to go into this strange little com- country of the Shire and making friends with these little people, perhaps having no idea that years later he would need to use his connections and Gandalf the wizard was wizardly enough to know and identify the qualities that would make a hero. Yes. Well, we are excited because life is full of adventures, is it not? Oh, Even my gosh, yes. Every morning, uh, every Friday morning, or well, for us, it's been an alternating Friday mornings, but it has been such a wonderful adventure to come and spend this time with you. I am so excited since you have joined the show. Uh, what Would Arwen Do has been on the air now. Actually, I took uh, my training um, five years ago in the spring. And and June is when uh, June twenty second five years it'll be five years in June that what would our windows been on the show on the air and you've been with me now for um, gosh uh, when when did we start we'll since have to the do end a of research. July I took I yes. began taking my training for this position for this work one year ago April second so it's just been one year that I oh, got yes. involved. Okay. With the radio station. Thank heavens, my wonderful things to celebrate. Wonderful Hobbit wife saw a little ad in the Orange County Register, our local newspaper, and it said, Oh, there's a training class starting for DJs, and everyone is welcome. And she said, You have a good voice. Why don't you do this? And I said, Yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> and so I came down and met the wonderful family of people, wonderful, wonderful people here at the station. Well, and if I had not been here, I, I mean, I would not have met you. This, being involved with QCI has 
inspired and transformed my life on so many levels. And it was interesting because my getting involved here was very similar. Uh, and as a result, actually, of my involvement with The Lord of the Rings, I was over at... Well, it's now Pete's Coffee. It used to be Dietrich's back then, and I was doing some editing work, and I was reading The Silmarillion, which is the backstory of Lord of the Rings, and not too many people really, you know, kind of wrestle <laughs> with the, with the, uh, the Silmarillion because um, it's a wonderful backstory, but very, uh, somewhat complicated, and Tolkien is, uh, loves to change people's names and the names of people and places, so it, sometimes it gets a little interesting to track what's going on with who, but I love it. It's one of my favorite books in the whole world. And a young man came in and noticed me reading it and uh, said, oh, you're reading The Silmarillion? And I was all excited that someone even knew what it was. And we became um, kind of coffee shop friends. We'd run into each other, and he was a student here at UCI. And uh, one day we were talking, and he said, well, i got to run. i got to go do my radio show. And I said, radio show? I mean, here's this young guy who's probably like 20, 21. I said, you do a radio show? And he said, yeah, over at UCI. He said, in fact, you know what? You should think about coming over there and doing a radio show. They're always looking for interesting public affairs programming, and you should do your do a show about your life as an elf. And I thought, well, I'm not going to do radio. I, I can't do radio, and it had just never occurred to me. And so anyway, I checked it out, did the same thing that you did, you know, took the training, and applied for a show, and my life, I mean, it, there's a little bit more to the adventure, but it, my life has been transformed on so many levels. And, of course, we want to mention that the uh, DJ training comes around once a quarter for anyone who's interested, and there's always information about that on our website, which is... KUCI.org. Absolutely. And uh, the summer quarter, now not the spring, but the summer quarter this year is the quarter that will be actually open to community members. So, you know, if you're thinking about that, you might kind of think about, oh, you know, if so um, this coming quarter will be open to students, faculty and staff of UCI. And then uh, next quarter, it will also be open to uh, members of the community. So it's one of the few radio um, college stations that actually opens their training to community members because uh, we're like a small city here. <laughs> and very often, especially during the summertime, you know, we have a, uh, a large exodus of, of people. And so we need to kind of cover some things. Uh, and we're always looking for interesting things. But there are many ways to participate. In three weeks' time, we will start our annual fund drive yes. where everyone can help, even if they don't want to speak on the radio or call us to receive some of the gifts that we give away. There's a time where people who listen will be able to give back, and we'll be announcing more as the annual fund drive comes close. And I love the fund drive because it is about two weeks where... Uh, all year long, we are we are nonprofit here, so no, you know, we do some public service announcements, but there are no commercials. When you are listening to KUCI, um, you do not hear, you're not going to hear any promotions, any any commercials for anything, and that's and I love that about KUCI, um, both in our public affairs programming and in our music programming, and uh, just once a year, we ask people to come alongside us and uh, to partner with us. And to me, it's not like, oh, you know, you've listened to our radio station, you should send us money. I don't look at it like that at all. I look at it like we're all having a grand adventure, and there's lots of different ways to take part in it. <laughs> and all of the people who you hear on KUCI, whether they be students or community members, they're all volunteers. We're mm -hmm. doing this out of the love in our heart for our audience and the universe 
to spend our time preparing for conducting and post-processing our shows. Because like, for instance, this show, you, if you cannot listen to us live, you can go to KUCITalk.org and download the podcast, or you can go to iTunes and search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N, and you'll find the iTunes podcast for What Would Arwen Do? Absolutely. And we're on op- uh, uh, alternating weeks with Phenomenal Woman, which is hosted by The Elf as well. Um, I don't know if uh, that's in iTunes, but many of our public, public affairs programs are available through iTunes, and we even have a public affairs website just devoted to our public affairs programming, which is kucitalk.org. So um, I want us to talk a little bit this morning. Gosh, we have so many things, and we're entering into a new quarter of programming, which is uh, very exciting. And again, in case you're just tuning in, this is KUCI in Irvine. I am Tani Chinuvio. My co-host is Milo Lomsdown, and we are talking a little bit this morning just kind of, it's a day to cover a little business because we, this is a time of transition. And in fact, I'll let you break the news about what's happening for us. Well, guess what, Tani? We are <laughs> moving to an afternoon position. Moving. Okay. Elves like movement. How are hobbits about moving? Well, we are nervous. <laughs> like I said, the last, since the end of July, the last, oh, I guess that would be eight months having the regular every Friday morning has been uh-huh. very soothing. So there's a little bit of of worry, a little bit of anxiety about <laughs> moving to Tuesday afternoons, but we will we will deal with it. Well, I'm very excited because um we elves love to stay up late. We are creatures of the starlight. And so very often in the evening, in addition to some singing and dancing, a lot of times we're just kind of hanging out and staring, looking at the stars. And last night I looked out my window and, oh, there was the moon. In fact, one of the biggest, full, largest full moons of the year is coming up this month. Um, and so sometimes I like to just open the curtains and let myself be bathed in moonlight. So this often takes us into, <laughs> into the late hours. So, um, we elves sometimes are not, uh, uh, at least some of us are, you know, the early morning are not our, our times to be up, up and about. However, um, although I do get up early, but that's my creative time too. That's my time that I like, that I do my writing and my reflecting and my meditating. And, you know, we elves love to do yoga. We've been doing yoga since before it was called yoga. <laughs> So I am very much excited to have a little extra time in the morning. And I always like to see, well, wow, what's this adventure going to look like? Who are we going to kind of come in contact with? And who will we see on Tuesdays now um, as we're interacting around here that we don't see uh, that we when we come on uh, Fridays? So there's always interesting adventures. Now, having said that, we should mention that some of our friends, we know that some of our friends are changing in um, their in their programming uh, time slots, and one of the wonderful things about this new quarter that actually starts this coming Sunday night at midnight is the new quarter will begin, and um, we not only will have several changes in the music programming, but the public affairs programming at KCI has now expanded back to uh, two times a day. So the, our public affairs programming will now be from 8 to 10 in the morning and from 4 to 6 in the afternoons again. 
as it had been for many quarters mm-hmm. preceding that. And we tried some things, you know, a little differently to see if it how it would work. And it's it didn't... always good. Yeah. As much as hobbits dislike change, we have to admit it's good to experiment with new things, Absolutely. try them out, see how they go. And I'm excited because one of my uh, favorite shows, which uh, got moved to Saturday, so all of the public affairs programming will be back now um, Monday through Friday, and Counterspin and Planetary Radio with Matt Kaplan, which was on Saturday, is now going to be moving back to a weekday time slot. I don't uh, remember exactly which day, but again, people will need to consult our website at kci.org and uh, see where things have moved around. So where are we moving again? (laughs) We are going to begin broadcasting live on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. So on Tuesday, March the 30th, you will be here Mm -hmm. with Phenomenal Woman at 4 p.m. And then on Tuesday, April the 6th, we will be back with what would Arwen do on yeah. Tuesday, April the 6th? And I know, uh, I know, I do know that there, yeah, I do know that there are some, uh, some things that we're moving around, like uh, Film School and Weekly Signals, which has been on Tuesday mornings for, for many, 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 years. many years. Nathan Callahan's book, even in Nathan Callahan's mm-hmm. book about the suburban experience, he says in the book that he's on KUCI FM on Tuesday mornings. Ah. Well, they are moving to Friday mornings. They will be on during this time during slot. this time slot. So we will be moving, and uh, Emily, who does Career Quest, and also uh, Rose Love and Romance, she will be. She's moving to. I believe she's moving to Tuesday mornings. Wow. So in case people are tuning in at this time and wondering where the elf went and where the hobbit went and where that charming girl with the lovely voice telling us about love and romance and and career transitions went, check out on Tuesdays. <laughs> and Tuesdays are going to be good for us as well because preceding us will be Amy with pixelated harmony, harmonies, as she describes it, music for happy people. Amy has a very, very wonderful music show on Tuesday afternoons. Oh, is she... Is she, um, she will is be she preceding us. Oh. She's keeping that exact same oh, slot. Oh, wonderful. So on Tuesdays from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., people can listen to her very happy music and then listen to us, listen to you, you birthday elf, <laughs> talking about your adventure as an elf. Well, that's very funny. But of course, we elves love anything that's pixelated. Yes, yes. (laughs) So uh, we want to play a little bit of music this morning because we elves and we hobbits do love music. And we want to talk a little bit about the movies. Let's play a little bit of hobbit music. Good. uh, And then uh, just to kind of get in the swing of things. And then let's have some an adventure report about what's going on with the movies. Sounds good. Okay, so let's, um, because... um, one of the things, I mean, elves love to give gifts, and one of the things that I first fell in love with when I uh, began, began my adventure of my life as an elf, and I started saying, okay, well, what are the things that I can learn from the elves? And I think I'm up to well over 187 now. And by the <laughs> way, that the, I learned the, from elf the elf is working on her book. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Days. One of these days that book will maybe come I'll out, have, and it will be such a blessing. Maybe I'll have a lesson for every day of the week. <laughs> So my friends, I have I have seen a sneak preview, and her lessons in life are truly wonderful. Well, the very first thing I learned from the elves is that elves do not whine. So I said, when I started my experiment about my life as an elf, so every time I'd catch myself whining, I'd be like, 
elves do not whine. And But the other thing I discovered very early on was that elves love to give gifts. And I'm like, I love to give gifts. Of course I'm an elf. And Why but, don't we give some gifts to our listeners? Is that possible do today? We, do we have something today? I don't know. <laughs> I think... Um, I think I have, I know I have something, but I uh, think I left it in my, um, in my elf, uh, up in my flat. So I don't know that we have um, a gift today. Do we? Uh, perhaps not. I was, I was thinking that you might have brought something with you. I, I was intending to, and in my elvish flurry, um, I, I ran out the door um, without that. So, um, but you know what? Let's just... I think we could just. I think we could just come up with something. Um, it doesn't have to be here physically, right? Let's it, play some music, and we'll think music. about we'll that. We'll think about it. Yes, because uh, that's a very good point. Um, so let's play a little music from the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the complete recordings, which we love, and of course we. Howard love. Shore, Academy yes. Award-winning composer, excellent. And let's play music from the Shire. And uh, this Hooray. is yay! This is KCI in Irvine. Fellowship of the Ring, and Milo, that was, of course... The great Sir Ian McKellen, brilliant Shakespearean actor, oh my gosh, King Lear here a couple years ago at UCLA, brilliant actor, made his own film of Richard III, set in a fascistic state, just a brilliant actor in so many dimensions. And we are so excited because he will be Gandalf in the upcoming Hobbit movies. Oh my gosh, yes. And do we have news for you? Yay. Okay, let's transition right into our uh, movie news. (laughs) Movie news. So Richard Taylor recently spoke to Yahoo.com about the upcoming thing. And, of course, he's won Oscars for his work for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. He is also working on the Hobbit films for Mm. the new director is Guillermo del Toro, the great Mexican director of Pan's Labyrinth, the perfect choice to do the Hobbit, in my opinion. So he takes over, um, quote, like any film, there will be an effort to utilize the tools that are available to us today to achieve visual images that will excite and intrigue an audience as we did try 10 years ago. Well, he not only tried, but he achieved. Yes. Continuing, quote, he praised Del Toro's unique aesthetic and noted that there will be a consistent look for the characters between the Rings films and The Hobbit. Mm. Good. Now, the really, really interesting news is, as you know, there is this thing about money. 
MGM, <laughs> the great historic 85-year-old movie studio, is in money trouble, and they own oh. half of the Hobbits. Oh. MGM owns half of the Hobbit movies, and so they are, like, bankrupt, Ooh. and they're looking for people to buy them. So there's still a couple of possibilities. There's an investment uh, an investment firm headed by a Mr. Blavatnik. There's also Time Warner. The mm. giant Time Warner mm-hmm. has apparently made a tender of $1.5 billion. Mm. But the 140 debtors, the, the group of 140 people that MGM owes money to, they really wanted $2 billion. So there may be some refinancing. But from the OneRing.net, we find out that work on the set in Hobbiton is underway in earnest in New Zealand. Mm. A team of 60 people have begun building Hobbit holes. Oh, yay. See, they wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't going to happen. And not only that, but the OneRing.com, the other OneRing, the OneRing.com points us to www.mckellen.com. Can you guess what website that is? That's Ian McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen's website. And on McKellen.com, well, he last week was saying that filming is set for July, but I just checked his website today, and that has changed to at a time to be announced. So there is a little bit of uncertainty. Some rumors that filming may start in June. Mm -hmm. Some may, may be rumoring of July. But the fact that 60 people are working on the set in New Zealand, actively building hobbit holes, is very, very, very good news. Yes, because that has to have time to kind of just grow and become natural looking and all of that. So, you know, they've got to get that going so that uh, Hobbiton looks like Hobbiton. Now, the debtors has set a deadline of March the 31st for MGM. Hmm. So on our next show, which will be Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. on April the 6th, mm-hmm. we will have hopefully a definite announcement as to the funding of MGM and therefore what we call in Hollywood the green light for the Hobbit movie. Yes. Well, I know that you, um, that, you know, that the Hobbits are really wanting to have something settled and done. Yes. <laughs> However, um, which is good. It's good to have things settled. However, we elves are just, uh, some of us elves are just kind of like, you know, it's all going to come together and it'll be a grand adventure. If it happens more quickly, wonderful. More, um, you know, some people are into like more like instant manif- manifestation, you know, things happening right away. However, um, I, you know, being a lover of the journey, um, I feel like even if it takes more time, another year or two, it's just more uh, time to build anticipation and speculate and uh, discover all of the wonderful things that they are pulling together for this phenomenon called the two Hobbit movies. So it, I just think that whatever happens is all wonderful and will happen exactly when it's supposed to happen. And Elf, <laughs> I'm sure you're right, even though every fiber of my Hobbit being wants the movie to come out as originally announced at the end of next year as a special Christmas present in 2011. Yes, and that would have been very nice, of course, on the 10-year anniversary of the uh, original movies coming out. However, it is kind of interesting. I find it kind of interesting that if it comes out the following year, it would be the 11th anniversary, and 11s are very prominent in Hobbit. You know, so 11s, you know, 11 is a very good number. (laughs) Well... In regard to that, since we're talking about your birthday, a long-expected party, mm-hmm. the first chapter of the Lord of the Rings 
the very first line. Share with us. Chapter one: A long expected party. When Mr. Bilbo Baggins of Bag End announced that he would shortly be celebrating his eleventy-first birthday、mm. with a party of special magnificence, there was much talk and excitement in Hobbiton. Bilbo was very rich and very peculiar, and had been the wonder of the Shire for sixty years, ever since his remarkable disappearance and unexpected return. The riches he had brought back from his travels had now become a local legend, and it was popularly believed, whatever the old folk might say, that the hill at Bag End was full of tunnels stuffed with treasure. And if that was not enough for fame, there was also his prolonged vigor to marvel at. Time wore on, but it seemed to have little effect on Mister Baggins. At ninety, he was much the same as at fifty. At ninety-nine, they began to call him well preserved. But unchanged would have been nearer the mark. There were some that shook his head, their heads, and thought that was too much of a good thing. It seemed unfair that anyone should possess apparently perpetual youth, as well as reputedly inexhaustible wealth. It will have to be paid for, they said. It isn't natural, and trouble will come of it. <laughs> well, I love the story of the long-expected party in the Fellowship of the Ring, and this is where we really un- get to see this concept of the hobbits giving gifts on their birthday. And it's so funny. I'm actually going to read a little part here, and then have you read、um, a little part、um, also, because.、Um, It talks about how some of the gifts were kind of funny, you know, funny kind of gifts, and others were were just regular gifts.、Um, it says here the tents began to go up. <clears throat> this is、um, this is one morning where the hobbits hobbits woke to find the large field south of Bilbo's front door covered with ropes and poles for tents and pavilions. And it says the tents began to go up. There was a specially large pavilion, so big that the tree grew. That grew in the field was right inside it and stood proudly near one end at the head of the chief table. Lanterns were hung on all its branches, more promising still to the hobbit's mind. An enormous open-air kitchen was erected in the north corner of the field. A draft of cooks from every inn and eating house for miles around arrived to supplement the dwarves and other odd folk that were quartered at Bag End. Excite- excitement rose to its height. Then the weather clouded over. That was on Wednesday, the eve of the party. Anxiety was intense. Then Thursday, September twenty-second, actually dawned. The sun got up. The clouds vanished. Flags were unfurled, and the fun began. And I love this part here. This because this is where、uh, one of the first things I、uh, underlined in my book. Um, it goes on to say, Bill Bell, Bilbo Baggins called it a party, but it was really a variety of entertainments rolled into one. Practically everybody living near was invited. A very few were overlooked by accident, but as they turned up all the same, that did not matter. Many people from other parts of the Shire were also act, asked, and there were even a few from outside the borders. Bilbo met the guests and additions at the new white gate in person. He gave away presents to all. And sundry, the latter were those who went out again by a back way and came in again by the gate. It says hobbits give gifts to other people on their own birthdays, not very expensive ones as a rule, and not so lavishly as on this occasion. But it was not a bad system. <laughs> 
It was not a bad, it is not a bad system. Yes. And then I was wondering if you could read a little bit of this part. Actually here, it talks about some of the gifts that were uh, given to his family. And so reading here uh, from inside the hall, this is what Frodo went back to find after the party of some other gifts that still needed to be um, given out. So here and then about, about some of the gifts. It's just delightful. Just wonderful. Inside in the hall, there was piled a huge assortment of packages and parcels and small articles of furniture. On every item, there was a label tied. There were several labels of this sort. For Adelard took for his very own from Bilbo on an umbrella. Adelard had carried off many unlabeled ones. (laughs) For Dora Baggins, in memory of a long correspondence with love from Bilbo, on a large waste paper basket. Dora was Drogo's sister and the eldest surviving female relative of Bilbo and Frodo. She was 99 and had written reams of good advice for more than half a century. (laughs) For Milo Burroughs, hoping it will be useful from BB on a gold pen and ink bottle. Milo never answered letters. Well, this Milo does, but that (laughs) Milo Burroughs didn't. For Angelica's use from Uncle Bilbo on a round convex mirror. She was a young Baggins and too obviously considered her face shapely. For the collection of Hugo Brace Girdle from a contributor on an empty bookcase, Hugo was a great borrower of books and worse than usual at returning them. And finally, for Lobelia Sackville Baggins as a present on a case of silver spoons, Bilbo believed that she had acquired a good many of his spoons while he was away on his former journey. Lobelia knew that quite well. When she arrived later in the day, she took the point at once, but she also took the spoon. <laughs> this was only a small selection of the assembled presents. Bilbo's re- residence had got rather cluttered up with things in the course of his long life. It was a tendency of hobbit holes to get cluttered up, for which the custom of giving so many birthday presents was largely responsible. Not, of course, that the birthday presents were always new. There were one or two old mathems of forgotten uses that had circulated all around the district, but Bilbo had usually given new presents and kept those that he received. The old hole was now being cleared a little. Every one of the various parting gifts had labels, written out personally by Bilbo, and several had some point or some joke. But, of course, most of the things were given where they would be wanted and welcome. The poorer hobbits, and especially those of Bagshot Roll, did very well. Old Gaffer Gamgee got two sacks of potatoes, a new spade, a woolen waistcoat, and a bottle of ointment for creaking joints. Old Rory Brandybuck, in return for much hospitality, got a dozen bottles of old wineyards, a strong red wine from the South Farthing, and now quite mature as it had been laid down by Bilbo's father. Rory quite forgave Bilbo, and voted him a capital fellow after the first bottle. There was plenty of everything left for Frodo, and, of course, all the chief treasures, as well as the books, pictures, and more than enough furniture were left in his possession. There was, however, no sign nor mention of money or jewelry. Not a penny piece or a glass bead was given away. And thank you so much, Milo, for reading that from the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Just delightful. I mean, I am never, uh, I'm never seems to be amazed at how delighted I am at the writing of J.R. Tolkien. I loved the movies. I absolutely loved the movies. And yet the books continue to delight and amaze me. Every time I read, I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've read even just that particular passage. And it's just delightful. It's so well. And of course, 
Milo, the hobbit here, I have been reading the books for more than 40 years since I was a very, very young hobbit. And I was afraid when the movies were announced that they would ruin it. (laughs) But in fact, Peter Jackson not only did the books justice, but in one particular scene that we've talked about before, exceeded the book, which I never thought would happen in a million years. Yes, with I, I, I the scene with Arwen. The scene with Arwen, unbelievable. Having Arwen come to the rescue of Frodo instead rather of than Glorfindel. Yes. yes, and that was actually what started it all for me. I, I, I absolutely fell in love with Arwen uh, through that particular scene where she shows up, and you know Aragorn's looking for Athelis, and she says, "What's this? A ranger caught off his guard?" <laughs> Immediately shows her sense of humor, but and, also. That fabulous phrase which she says when she rescues rescues Frodo and Frodo seems to be on the point of death. Mm -hmm. And she says, what grace is given me, let it pass to him. That's when I was, and that's when I was, you know. And this (laughs) hobbit who had seen many hundreds of movies in places as diverse as the Cannes Film Festival, the London Film Festival, the New York Film Festival. When I was sitting in Los Angeles and saw that scene, chills went up my spine mm. it was so perfect yes and this is after she had just faced off with the nazgul and yes. <clears throat> and used the power of the word and the authority that uh the elves had over the elements of nature to call forth the power of the river to wash the nazgul downstream of course then uh Frodo was was fading. However, she did get him to Rivendell in time to the power of healing in her father's house. Many, many gifts. We would not be we would not be remiss. This is a show called What Would Arwen Do? But many people do say what would Jesus do? And shortly we celebrate Easter. Before yes. our next show together we support Easter, which many people believe, as does this hobbit, Jesus gave his life. Yes. As a sacrifice. And of course, J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were both uh, Christians. <clears throat> and, although of uh, different flavors. Although of different flavors. C.S. Lewis was a Protestant. J.R.R. Tolkien was a Catholic. Yes, which is a wonderful thing about life and spirituality and about God and all things spiritual that, uh, um, and that some of us elves believe that uh, God has many ways and of revealing himself many, to to people ways. and hobbits and dwarves and wizards uh, and wizards and, and even and even the earth we see we see his grace flowing uh, to us and through us in so many ways you know in um, the nature and all of its beautiful gifts of creatures and trees and and things of that sort but also of us being able to interact and be stewards of those things. Elves never saw themselves as owners of the land and owners of creatures. They saw themselves rather as stewards and as uh, co-journeymen. <laughs> and speaking of gifts, we need to give back to the earth, the earth that so wonderfully supports us. We need to give back yes. to the earth. In fact, uh, oh gosh, I don't think, I don't know if I remember to bring it. Um, but uh, And our time is just about up. Uh, did I bring it here? While you look for that, let me remind yes. our listeners that we are available at KUCITalk.org, O-R-G, downloadable as a podcast from KUCI's Public Affairs podcast website. We're also available on iTunes. Just search for the keyword Arwen, A-R-W-E-N. Well, I do want to mention real quickly, um, because one of um, 
this elves' passions is for the Back Bay here at Newport Beach. Oh the Upper gosh, Newport Bay so is one of the beautiful. last remaining estuaries on the California coast, and they do have two things coming up uh, in uh, April and May. There's uh, Earth Day this coming up, and also Estuary Awareness Day, and they're going to be having wonderful special programs. Um, all day long on, and I do not have the exact date, but uh, we will be talking about that coming up uh, probably in our next show. We'll be talking more about that and how people can get involved and find out how they can get involved with the estuary. The um, Peter and Mary Muth Interpretive Center, which is located in the Bay, they do trainings for volunteer naturalists. <clears throat> and every fall, they actually have a 10-week program, a naturalist training that they offer, which is absolutely wonderful, such a wonderful education of the beauty of the area here and the impact that the Back Bay has um, uh, of, uh, not only on nature but also for us. And uh, it's a stopping ground for many, many birds who, st- who need a uh, place to stop and eat and rest on their travels, uh, both, uh, you know, Several times of the year, so we'll be talking. We'll be talking about that because that's that's a passion for us elves, and uh, and we are out of time. <laughs> we can't be. We just began speaking. I know it. It, it goes by so quickly, and I want to say that one of my most treasured birthday gifts, Milo, is just the knowledge of having you here on this adventure with me on the What Would Arwen Do show. This has been so much fun. And now we'll be moving into a new time slot and having a whole different kinds of fun. We, I, I hope that our, our listeners will stay with us and move with us because uh, we will be having some wonderful, not only just chats and discussions about things relating to Middle Earth and in this modern era, but also uh, we've, uh, we've got some very interesting interviews. We have some wonderful guests upcoming in the next yes. quarter. And I'm very excited about that. And with that, uh, let's just say again that um, if people, if our if our listeners could uh, please go to the website, kci.org, that this coming Sunday evening, which is... Um, Sunday uh, at midnight. Sunday at midnight, um, March 29th, it, uh, the programming will change and... Um, We'll be starting on uh, Tuesdays, and there'll be a whole lot of things switching around. So in case you uh, are a fan of KUCI and you tune in to your um, time slot for your one of your favorite shows, please don't feel that it's gone. Just take a look around. It might just be moved. KUCI.org is the website to check starting Monday morning for the new schedule. And for information about our public affairs programming, please visit KUCITalk.org. That's and right. if people want to contact us, I guess we should probably mention the email that. <laughs> address for the elf. The elf. Yes, and the Hobbit. It would be ask an elf. A s k a n e l f. Ask an elf at yahoo dot com. And we would love to hear from anyone. And we, how can we re, be remiss? It's only a couple of moments um, until. Uh, Emily, we have Rose with, with Love and Romance. Love and romance. Um, but we want to say hello and thank you so much to all of our friends who listen in and have been listening in, especially my friends on uh, Torque, the One Ring dot com, uh, that listen from all over the world. Very special greetings, and to those that listen here from Southern California. So the wonderful thing is that you can listen. Um, 
through 88.9 FM, or people can listen even live right through the Internet, through our website or through iTunes. You can listen live on the Internet at KUCI.org, streaming 24 by 7, alternative yes. radio. So we're going to go out with a little song from the Prancing Pony Players. Oh, goody. <laughs> These, uh, I got to see them at uh, Worldcon. Uh, it was about, I guess, about three years ago now, and they were absolutely delightful. Hopefully they will be surprising who delightful. they are as uh more interest comes for all things Middle Earth. And we're going to hear, because these are like um, um, Middle Earth versions of, of some popular <laughs> tunes, and I wasn't sure if I should play my favorite things, or I think I'll actually do their version of Putting on the Ring, which is like Putting on the yes. Ritz. This is Putting on the Ring. And so these are the Prancing Pony players. And so, Milo, until we're back uh, a week from Tuesday, Alan Salalumin Amentielvo, A Star Shines on the Hour of Our Meeting, my friend. See you later. Until then, my elf princess friend. <laughs> and here is the Prancing Pony Players. This is KCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. Sounds of the Anteater Kingdom on 88.9 FM KUCI in Irvine.